Freaks. It's Monday, October 2nd, 2023. Coming up on the program today, satanic amputations, plus the sounds of a church service for deaf people, giving yourself a concussion to prove you aren't attracted to children, and a brain-eating cannibal has been set free. No one is safe. Distorted View Daily proudly presents a mother catching her son watching porn online. I have to have your dad talk to you about this. His mom's not very good about no, it. No, mom. I, it's, listen. Mom, I was I searching around. I was searching around the... I was searching Why around... Why are you playing with yourself? I was searching around the Nathan. internet. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Listen. No, I, I, was, you're I was searching around the... Oh. Mom. Mom, I was searching around the internet, and all of a sudden, I I was downloading this thing, and I got a computer virus. I want to see it. Show me what you were downloading. I ran away. I already deleted the virus. No, you did not. I have to have your dad go through all this. I got scared because I deleted the virus. No, you're embarrassed. No, Mom, for real. Listen to me. You don't play with yourself. I didn't. I have to go to the bathroom. My camera! Oh my god. You don't get it, do you, Mom? Mom! You don't get it at all! No. I did it! My pants slipped! Ah! Yeah, they did! Oh my god, Mom! I had a computer virus, and I got scared that I had the virus. And when I was getting out of my chair, my pants were slipping and I was pulling them up and getting back on the chair. I got scared and and my pants slipped down a little and I was pulling them up. I had a computer virus that led me there. And then the virus scared the crap out of me by leading me to that stuff. And then I was getting off of my chair because I thought the virus would spy on me or something with my camera. Oh my God, Mom, I'm telling the truth. The Distorted View Show with Tim Hansen. If I were to molest somebody, I definitely would have done anal no matter what. Don't get AIDS. She is a fat cunt. It's just a fun thing. I'm not going to fight for my country. I just want to smoke my weed, man. Yeah, the old computer virus explanation. I really should have tried that excuse when I was a teenager. Thankfully, you know, my parents were ancient when they had me and they did not understand how computers work. So they, they never got on and saw the complete disgusting debauchery I was downloading. The utter filth contained in my do not open folder on my desktop. You know, back in the early days of the internet, I'm talking like 1990s, we were all on uh, like dial-up modem, which was way too slow to be downloading movies. The best we could do is pictures. So I had hundreds of X-rated JPEGs and animated GIFs and shit. Again, my mom never caught what I was doing. However, my sister was young enough to understand how computers worked. And she was a little nosy Nancy. So apparently one day she opened that do not open folder. Even though it says right in the name, do not open. She knew that there was going to be something good in there. And my God, did she get an eyeful. Thankfully, she did not run to my mom and be like, uh, do you know what your son is looking at? Man on man cock sucking. That would have killed my mother. So I appreciate my sister not doing that. But she did confront me and she's like, uh, hey, 
what's with all the naked dudes on your computer? And uh, once again, like this kid, I had to act quick, come up with a story. This was probably uh, like six months to a year before I officially came out to her. I mean, really, after this, the writing was on the wall, right? The jig was up. But uh, my big uh, lie to her was, uh, oh, my female friend came over and we were on the computer and she is just all horned up, I guess. I literally blamed it on one of my many, many female friends. Again, another clue. I was a big cock-smoking fairy. Over 50% of my friends were female. But I was like, oh yeah, Jodell came over and she must have got into some stuff. Which makes sense now because after she left, I noticed a big wet spot on my chair seat. And then I asked my sister, what's pussy juice? And then my sister ran off. I'm going to have to, you know, when I go up to visit my my uh, family on Thanksgiving, I think this year, I have to ask my sister if she A, remembers that interaction and B, did she believe me when I lied and told her it was my female friend looking at naked images of dudes. But the thing is like, why would my female friend also be looking at hardcore gay sex? Why would she be downloading those pictures? That seems out of character for a teenage straight girl. Then I thought, well, maybe my sister just clicked on one photo and I got lucky and it was just like a solo shot of a dude who was naked or semi-naked. But that doesn't sound very plausible, right? Because, you know, if you click on one photo, you're going to go through a couple others. See what else is going on there. Also, by the time I was 16, 15, 16, however old I was, I'm sure my sister had suspicions. She probably knew before I knew. I mean, let's face it, I was never what you would call masculine swishing about the place. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Let me, I'm going to stop reliving these painful memories. Today, I do have some great audio to share with you. Uh, First up, I'd like to introduce you all to the preaching pair of Judy and G.W. Delatte. They were taking specimens of male semen and they were putting it in the blends of their their uh, latte it could be pronounced de latte or de latte or de late i choose to go with uh, uh, pastor manning here and pronounce their name uh, de latte this husband and wife dynamic duo were most active in the 1970s gw gave the sermon and judy w de latte sang original gospel music including her hit, Satan, Get Out of Here! I had to double check and make sure I wasn't playing this at one and a half times speed. Because it sounds like Alvin, Simon, and Theodore, the chipmunks, doing gospel songs. One person in the comments compared her voice to uh, the psychic in that movie Poltergeist. Caroline, walk to the light. Will you just say hello? She's under restraint. She's under restraint. Who's restraining her? Satan. Satan is restraining her. Get out of here, Satan. Come on. We all must sing together. Satan, get out of here. You got to go. you singing, Craig T. Nelson? Don't you want Caroline back? Now sing the motherfucking song! It's all on Jesus. God set me free. Satan, get out of here. You've got 
one of the happier demon possession songs I've ever heard. They're typically not so upbeat and toe-tapping, you know? What's funny is if you speed up the song, she sounds the same. The instrumental's faster, but her voice remains constant. Her voice sounds the same. Uh, that's Judy Dilate, wife of Reverend G.W. Dilate, who I also have some audio clips from. He produced a few albums. He put his sermon on record, which is just an insane thing that I guess happened in the 60s and 70s. Religious people buying sermons on record. Because that's what you want to listen to at home over and over. You might have a favorite sermon or something. And this one is a doozy. G.W. Dilate went to an insane asylum, and he's reporting back on all of the uh, demonic activity happening over there. And we pick up the headlines of our paper, and we find that where people are committing suicide, are killing their family, are shooting scrape. Hey, not much has happened since 1960. Still dealing with the same problems. All that praying to God you did in the 60s to stop all of this? Worthless. Did not accomplish one goddamn thing. My friend, it's because of the demon force of hell that people are actually bound with. Is he like part goat or something? My friends, people are actually bound with. You better thank God tonight uh. that you are clothed and sitting <laughs> in your right mind. Is it like a neurological condition or something? I wonder if Cher heard this album and that's where she picked up that affect. If I could turn back time And you're right, man Do you believe in hell? This goat voice thing that the pastor has going on Just gets worse and worse as the album goes on It's it's almost like once you notice it It's impossible to ignore, right? Uh, so here he is He's talking about some of the people he met at this insane asylum My friend, as I noticed one young man in particular man. As they had big wide 16 strap up on his body and i thought my god surely this is a horrible case the young boy about 18 and 19 years of age there he was with strap and you could actually see the demon force of hell that was in this young man's eyes yeah what was considered demonic in the 1960s is probably considered a mild mental disorder now in the 2020s He's on low-dose Zoloft once a day, and he's fine. But, you know, he, he has ADHD. It's nothing. The guard looked at me and he said, Preacher, do you see anything unusual about this man's hand? I suggest his nails look like bird claws. They were just as sharp and pointed as they could be. Well, I think this is more of a staffing issue than a problem with the patient. Because, all right, if the, if the patient is dangerous, you're not going to give him sharp clippers to clip his own nails. You'd have a nurse or something do that for him. I mean, the, the staff is negligent at this point, it looks like. He's got fucking talons. They begin to uncover him and unstrap, couple the straps from around his waist. And they showed me the horrible scars that this young man had placed upon his body, his own self. Well, one more reason to keep his nails trimmed short. 
who doesn't claw himself to death. My friend, let me tell you something. Sin leaves scars. My favorite story from the insane asylum is when the pastor meets a cannibal. As I stood here in this place, the guard looked at me and he said, Preacher, he said, I want you to notice this young man standing here with no arm on his arm that we had to amputate this arm. The distorted view word of the day is amputate, amputate. The next time you hear amputate, scream and lose your goddamn mind. He said one night, this young man broke the strap over his arm and he said this young man eat human's flesh. Said he just love human's flesh and if he couldn't eat or find somebody's flesh to eat, he would eat his own flesh. Again, I just have to point out, this is all the hospital's fault. They have all the information when the patient arrives. This dude's a cannibal. He will eat your fucking face. So let's keep this person away from others and restrain him so he can't eat his own body parts. I mean, this is just gross negligence. I have to think whatever hospital this is, they've been sued out of existence. There had to have been mounting lawsuits already at the, at the time of this pastor's visit. Said one night while sleeping, he broke the strap off of this and could not reach or get to anyone to eat their flesh. He said that he ate all the flesh off of his arm. He ate it down to the bone and said we had to amputate. That's a great one! <laughs> Okay, enough of that. His arm, then he said we had to pull all of his teeth. Again, there was no other route to go. Well, this kid insists on eating human flesh. Let's just rip out all of his teeth. That seems like the medically sane thing to do. And he said, right now, if this young man got a hold of you, however, he doesn't have any teeth. But if he got a hold of your flesh, he could draw the blood out of it. My friend, it's nothing but the powers of Satan. It's nothing but the demon force of hell. Now, if you were alive in the 1960s, wouldn't you want this album for your collection? It's entertainment you can listen to again and again. Also makes great party music. Who doesn't like to hear angry goat sermons while they nosh on appetizers? Plus, don't forget, uh, there's some musical interludes with Judy W. Delatte. Oh, what a talented couple they were. Well, there you go. The Delates spread in the gospel in the 60s and 70s. Uh, let's move on now. I do have a few more pieces of inspirational religious audio. We heard a sermon from the 1970s. Now I've got some modern day preaching. The twist? This is a church for and by deaf people. I can hardly contain my excitement. I am just so happy at this very moment. Who do I have to thank for this? DV oh, Slapplebags, of course. Slapplebags found a great TikTok channel called <laughs> Deaf Light Ministries. I believe this is a congregation in North Carolina. This first clip is so great. We've got a young preacher. I guess he's a preacher. He's up there talking, signing. 
He's kind of making a, a few grunts here and there. But what's more interesting is what's going on in the audience. I think these deaf people are speaking in tongues. You hear that? Bok, bok, bok. What you're hearing is not the preacher. He's just, you know, throwing up gang signs or whatever. You know, he's signing his little message. But, I mean, it's so loud. It's louder than a normal church, right? Yeah, the noise is all the people in the congregation. Woo-hoo. Sounds like Bixamuda's there. Bang, bang. I guess he's finished and he did good there. Ultimately, you know, good for deaf people to have a church to call their own, I guess. Here they are outside, clapping, singing. Like, a, like no one is clapping in sync, obviously. They can't hear what's going on. They're just sort of... They must be singing a song in sign language. Although the clip that Slapplebags uh, found for us, I think they, they're they actually trying to sing here. <laughs> or playing instruments. <laughs> I don't know what the hell is going on here. They seem to be having a good time, though. Well, that's Deaf Light Ministries over there in North Carolina. If you're deaf, check it out. Although, I doubt you're listening to this podcast. I did want to check in with a few Utards. One we haven't heard from in a month or two uh, was Galileo2333. Hi. Honestly, he has been active on his social media of choice, which is BitChute. But the content of his videos have actually kind of bored me. It's all about, you know, the Titanic. The significance of numbers. The only number I care about when it comes to Galileo 2333 is uh, the age of consent he wants changed. New listeners might not know this, but Galileo 2333, big pedophile, huge pedophile, maybe the biggest. He'd probably take this as a compliment. Now, I don't know if he's actually ever done anything with a kid. I mean, probably, but... He's a big advocate for lowering the age of consent to like 8 or 11 or something. He's always coming to the defense of sex offenders. As a matter of fact, I have him on record here talking about the Russell Brand situation. You know, Russell, comedian, actor. He's been accused of all sorts of you know sex crimes, including uh, like banging a 16-year-old, which I think is legal over there in the UK. It's frowned upon, but... Legal, technically. Anyway, here is Galileo's opinion on the matter. Uh, Russell Brand, every one of those allegations should be declared true and what he did should be legalized. Uh, yeah, the age of consent should be lowered in Britain. Uh, the reforms to the age of consent that are that are required, that really are needed, is that the age of consent should be abolished. It should be, should be legalized for a 40 or 50-year-old man to have sex with a 7 or 10-year-old girl. Hmm, down to 7 now. Every time we hear from Galileo, that age of consent number <laughs> gets lower and lower. I'm pretty sure for a while it was 11, maybe eight, maybe not. We're down to seven now. And it should be perfectly fine. That's that's where the, that's what the, how the age of consent needs to be reformed. Uh, yeah, and rape should only be a crime if there's actually serious physical force. 
Isn't that what all rape is? That, that That's rape. And this the Russell Brand situation has the potential to become just as big as Harvey Weinstein. There actually is a, a similarity between this year, 2023, and 2017. Uh, the calendar days, the days of the week fall on the same days of the calendar for 2017. And, okay, and then he goes back into the whole number thing. Crazy people get obsessed and attached with certain numbers. I know. I created Levenge. I'm one of those crazy people. Moving on, I have a very short Mead update. Apparently, Mead was performing this weekend in Farmville, which doesn't sound like a real place, does it? Pretty sure that's a Facebook game. Anyway, he says he got paid for this gig. This, this is an old song I wrote back when I was 22. The song is called Next to Nowhere. I gotta be honest with you, the only reason I watch these videos of me performing live is to see how the audience responds at the end of the song. I want to know how many people were in attendance and how many people are clapping. Do you guys want to take any guesses here? This is a good one. Let's just fast forward to the end. Song ends. That's an old one from a long time ago. And no applause whatsoever. It's not even clear that there are people there. I got to be honest with you. I came in my pants when I watched this. Oh, the embarrassment. Mead also posted a video where he kind of takes a little tour of the town. And we learned some interesting information. Now, here in Farmville, I'm in Oliver Anthony territory. Yeah, apparently this is where Oliver Anthony is from, which makes me think Mead sought out a gig here. He was, I know me, I know the way Mead thinks. He's like, uh huh, I'm just as good a singer as Oliver Anthony. He's, he's stealing my shtick. If I'd be appreciated anywhere, it would be in Farmville. So he reached out, found a farmer's market or something that would be willing to put up with him for an hour or so. And, uh, well, you heard the result. They're, they're happy with Oliver Anthony. They don't need you, me. But I wish him very well. He's doing so well, folks. He's yeah. got a... Bless his heart. We all know what that means. A million dollar contract or something like that. But the show today went okay. But the problem was there was a... T- like a conflict with a DJ. There's always an issue, right? There's always an issue with Meat's performances. Yeah, there was a DJ playing when I was supposed to play. And they didn't know what time I was going to be playing. Uh, but as I pulled up, guess what song the DJ was playing? Sweet Tea. You guessed it. Richmond, north of Richmond. Oh, <laughs> Oliver Anthony's song. So I was listening to that while I was setting up. Oh, that had to have just pissed him off. He did say he really liked Farmville. He said it's more Confederate-friendly than Richmond. Um, so this is a really neat place back here. So um, I'm having a ball in Farmville. A ball. Um, it's kind of like Petersburg without the ghetto. Because <laughs> it's country. You know, it's more country over here. So folks are friendly. They wave to you. It's not like Richmond where people are like Black. You know, very cuckoo. Oh. It's normal people over here. And that's what I like. You know, I'm a normal, conventional person. So, you know, so unweird. Are you fucking kidding me? You're the weirdest person. I Everything about me is strange. I, that's the whole reason I feature him every goddamn day on this podcast is he's so entertaining because he's so nuts, so crazy, so strange. 
He really is oblivious, isn't he? I'm the least weird person you know, but... So that's where I like folks, but anyway, um... That was pretty much the end of a Mead's Farmville update there. Make sure to harvest your crops before you log off. I do have one more short Utard update for you. Daniel Larson is back and in trouble. Viewers noticed that uh, Daniel was filming at a concert... And, uh, you know, he started filming the stage and the band, but then up front there were some little kids dancing. And slowly that camera started to pan down and just focus on the children, which is concerning because there has been accusations that Daniel Larson's is a little pedo-y. Someone found a Pinterest uh, that Daniel supposedly set up, and it's a lot of, like, pictures of little kids. Not naked, just like just little a bunch of little kids it's it's odd daniel of course denies all this and he's getting angry demanding people take down you know videos about him being a pedo this all culminated in a uh, epic temper tantrum you know how daniel gets he starts punching his own head and then he starts complaining about how his head hurts <laughs> my head hurts it's like yeah you've been punching it and banging it on walls and stuff. So that, that's just punching. <laughs> I fucking hurt. I fucking hurt. My fucking hurt. My fucking hurt. You're filming yourself hitting your head. You, you, you can't expect sympathy from us. <laughs> it's so strange how he transforms into this, like, animal. Where all he can do is, like, grunt. <laughs> And bang his head. He found a shed, it looks like, or some sort of so a side of a building that he's uh, banging his head on now. <laughs> Do I have any psychology majors out there? What is this? I, like, it, it's not that he's trying to injure himself here. You know, he wants to punish. He's he's angry at Grace Vanderwall, even though it's not really Grace Vanderwall. It's, you know, a trolls online. <laughs> That's who he wants to hurt, right? He even threatens to, like, you know, set off bombs and stuff. Yet he punches himself. Fucking dead. I want her fucking dead. I want her fucking dead. I want Grace fucking dead. I want her fucking dead. I want her fucking dead. He's frothing at the mouth, drooling. That's you heard him spit because it was like hanging out of the side of his mouth. <laughs> so Daniel's doing good. I want her fucking dead. I want her fucking dead. I want her fucking. He's thrown himself onto the ground and now he's pounding the grass. I mean, it, it goes on like this for the rest of the video. You get the idea. And with that, let's get into the crazy, bizarre twist of the fucked up news right now. Not a member of the Distorted View Sideshow? What are you waiting for? Help support this stupidity. Become a true and honorable freak today. When you do, you will gain full access to the entire archive of programs. More importantly, every week I do brand new exclusive shows just for Sideshow Freaks. Tomorrow's episode is going to be Sideshow exclusive, and then we'll do another one on Thursday. Typically two times a week, I will do Sideshow exclusive episodes. So it's a great time to sign up. Superfreaksideshow.com. Memberships are very inexpensive. 
only $6.99 a month, even less when you opt for a quarterly, semi-annual, yearly, or lifetime membership. Go to superfreaksideshow.com for all the information. Now, if you uh, want an even easier way to gain access and you happen to use Apple Podcasts or Spotify to listen to the show, you can now sign up right inside those apps. Just search for Distorted View. You'll see the link to sign up for Sideshow content. Just a few taps. Bing, bang, boom. You're in. All of the Sideshow exclusive episodes will appear right alongside the uh, the free episodes in your feed, which is very super convenient. Who's always looking out for you? Who's working for you? This guy right here. I'm making dreams come true, baby. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, Superfreaksideshow.com and, of course, distortedview.com for more information on all of that. Uh, also, don't forget, we've got a Patreon account, patreon.com slash distortedview. You can pledge as little as a dollar over there. Every little bit helps. If you pledge at least five, you get access to a special voicemail line where I will play your calls first. All right. Three very quick stories now. First up, I love to read a story about a, a criminal being rehabilitated and then, uh, you know, going on to live a productive life. That's nice. Kind of a happy ending to a otherwise tragic story. That being said, when it comes to brain-eating cannibals, I feel like we need to be extra cautious before we release them back into the wild, so to speak. If a doctor and a judge, they all sort of decide that you need 60 years worth of help at a psychiatric hospital, don't release the cannibal after like 10 years? That's way too, even if he is on really good behavior, the best behavior, be, be, be a tiny bit skeptical that he, you know, he's just biding his time because he wants to eat some more of that sweet, tangy brain or whatever. A man who killed and ate a man has been released back into the public after 10 years. Tyree Smith from Bridgeport, Connecticut, killed a homeless man. Oh, it was just a homeless man? Okay, I can understand that then. 10 years is enough. I mean, it would be a whole other thing if he killed uh, a productive member of society and ate his brains. That would be a real loss. Killing and chowing down on uh, homeless organs. You're practically doing a public service. All right. Uh, yes, the man who killed and ate a man has been released back into public life after 10 years. Tyree Smith from Bridgeport, Connecticut, killed a homeless man and then ate his brains and eyeballs. The horrific case made headline news with Smith found not guilty of murder by reason of insanity after a July 2013 trial. In lieu of a stint behind bars, Smith was ordered committed to a state psychiatric hospital for 60 years. But now, just 10 years after the grim incident, the state psychiatric security review board said Smith was pretty much ready to be transitioned back into the community. You sure about that? You sure about that? <laughs> you sure about that? Thank you very much, Tim Robinson, with the assist there. It's so odd to hear an actual meme for a sound drop on this podcast. Usually it's just weird stuff like poison juice, which honestly should be a viral meme. All right. Anyway, uh, back to the story here. Apparently officials are convinced this guy is like all fixed in the brain. Smith has been released from the facility, uh, Connecticut's most secure. As of the writing of the news story, he will uh, be living in a Waterbury group home. You know, where there's easy access to other people's brains. A group, a group home's worth of brains. Let's see if the temptation gets him. All right, he's not allowed to associate with anyone involved in criminal activity. The board stated in its report, Tyree Smith is an individual with a psychiatric illness requiring care, custody, and treatment. So we're going to release him. 
since his last hearing, Tyree Smith has continued to demonstrate clinical stability. Mr. Smith is a medication-compliant, actively engaged in all recommended forms of treatment, and has been symptom-free for many years. Here's the thing about cravings, though. They sneak up on you. You know, I haven't had Sonic drive-in in, in uh, I don't know, five, ten years. But the other day, all of a sudden, I was like, I want one of those burritos with the Frito corn chips in them. You know, the chili cheese burritos with the crunchy corn chips? I want that. And I couldn't get it out of my mind. It's the same thing with Tyree here, except for brains. That's the craving that's going to sneak up on him. During the trial, Smith's cousin, Nicole Robb, claimed he arrived at her Connecticut home in December 2011 talking about Greek gods and uh, also the need to go out and get blood. When she saw him the next evening, she noticed what appeared to be specks of blood on his pants. I mean, he told you that he wanted some blood and he was carrying chopsticks. <laughs> he ate brains with chopsticks. As if it's a Chinese delicacy or something. Uh, he was also carrying a bloody axe. Smith then allegedly told Rob that he killed a man and ate his brains in the Lakeview Cemetery while drinking sake. It was an Asian cuisine to him. He also grimly warned her that he was uh, intending to eat more people. A month later, police found Angel Gonzalez's mutilated body in the vacant apartment on Brook Street in Bridgeport, where Smith had lived as a child. Police later recovered the bloody axe and an empty bottle of sake in a stream bed near the Boston, uh, Boston Avenue Cemetery. Again, are we sure 10 years is enough? Psychiatrist Dr. Rena Kapoor testified that Smith had kept his lust for human flesh even after his arrest, even offering to eat her. Kapoor claims Smith suffered from psychotic incidents since childhood and heard voices that told him to kill people. So this is really a problem that he's been having since, uh, like, being a little boy. Childhood. Again, are we sure he should be released? The voices in his head told him to eat victims' brains so they would get a better understanding of human behavior and the eyes so they could see into the spirit realm. After eating the man's body parts... Smith went to Subway to continue eating fresh, I guess. The report on Smith's release said he denied experiencing cravings, but stated that if they were to arise, he would reach out to his hospital and community supports and providers. Uh-huh. We'll see about that. I have a feeling this isn't the last we've heard from Tyree Smith. Ting. All right. Uh, second story we have for you. Well, our long national nightmare is over with. Oscar Mayer has come to their senses and changed the Frank Mobile back to the Wiener Mobile. Whew. Can all breathe a sigh of relief. It was pretty touch and go there for a while. The Wiener Mobile was renamed the Frank Mobile only about four months ago, but the meat maker, apparently caving to pressure from the hot doggers, Hot doggers are what they call the people who, who drive the Wienermobile. I guess that's their official title. Yeah, hot doggers were pissed off. They didn't like the name Frankmobile. Customers didn't like the name. They just wanted the Wienermobile back. Well, a little over four months after Oscar Mayer announced that its iconic Wienermobile would be referred to the Frankmobile, the company is now returning to its roots, changing the name back. It was a Franktastic summer celebrating our 100% beef franks with the Frankmobile from coast to coast, Kelsey Rice, an associate director at Oscar Mayer, said. However, like many of you, we miss our original icon. Kicking off last week, we're welcoming back the Wienermobile. Ta-da! 
Let's check in with war-torn Ukraine and see how they're responding to this news. Alexander Nefloxlov, you're in the western city of Kreplak. How are people taking the news about the Frankmobile being renamed Wienermobile? Thank you. As you can hear, even in Ukraine, people are ecstatic about the return of the Wienermobile. It truly is a worldwide phenomenon. Back in May, the company, based in Chicago since 2015, announced that for the first time in the 87 years of the Wienermobile, the vehicle would have a name change. The Wienermobile is a beloved American icon that has been sparking smiles and driving craveability for our iconic delicious wieners for nearly 100 years, said Stephanie Vance, an associate brand manager with the company. This summer, it's time to highlight another fan favorite, our 100% Beef Franks. Aren't those just wieners? I honestly don't know the difference between Beef Franks and wieners. I guess Beef Franks are just all beef and wieners are, you know, the ass and the lips and all that stuff. Uh, At the time of the initial name change, a spokesperson for Oscar Mayer said that the brand wanted to see if the rebrand cuts the mustard with its fans. Get it? The original Wienermobile was the brainchild of Carl Meyer, nephew of founder Oscar Meyer. In 1936, Carl Meyer came up with the idea of a 13-foot metal hot dog on wheels. Goddamn brilliance. General Body Company of Chicago made the first Wienermobile. It featured open cockpits in the center and rear. Four years later, the Wienermobile received safety upgrades in the form of a glass enclosure for the driver and passengers. During World War II, the Wienermobile was briefly retired due to gas rationing. It would be funny if they sent the Wienermobile to fight in the war. Had some guns and turrets and stuff on it. Those Nazis wouldn't know what hit them. They'd be screaming like, hey, I grabbed some bratwurst machine off Ryder. You know, the Nazi military would be like, what? The bratwurst machine on wheels? You need to get some sleep, man. You're going crazy. If you ever wanted to see the Wienermobile in person, uh, there's a website where you can track it. There's apparently six Wienermobiles, and they all travel across the country to promote the fine Oscar Mayer products. Back to the hot doggers, those individuals who uh, drive the Wienermobile. They're on contract, I guess, for a year. You you get paid as it's like a full-time gig. In addition, hot doggers are brand ambassadors. They must have an appetite for adventure and wieners and are willing to see the country through the windshields of the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. In case you're interested, you can also apply over there on the Oscar Mayer website. And finally today, freaks, you know I love talking about dumb children. Darwin and Karma both hit this kid pretty hard. And actually, there was a third thing, too. Darwin hit him hard. Karma hit him hard. Oh, and a concrete beam hit him pretty hard, too. A teenager has died in a freak accident after sticking his head through the sunroof of a vehicle and striking a concrete beam in a parking garage. Ta-da! Police in Edmonton, Canada, said the 18-year-old man had been traveling in a Toyota Camry. Look at Richie Rich over here. Not only was it a Toyota Camry, but it was loaded with a sunroof. Probably one of those rich, spoiled teenagers. Mommy and daddy bought him the Camry with all the options. Sunroof, blind spot detection, parking assist, luggage wreck, six-speaker Bose sound system. Well, if any teenager deserved to die, it was this little shit. By the way, Mike uh, Kia Seltos... 
Remember earlier this year, I uh, got a new lease. Talk about fully loaded. This one has lights that come on at night, pointed down at your feet, right? Their interior lights, RGB, and they flash to the beat of the music. How fucking trashy is that? I absolutely love it. There's even like different uh, like color scenes you can pick. So it's like all like blue and purple colors, or you could do like fiery red, orange, and yellow. So many different options. Those are the features I absolutely love in cars. I don't care what the V in the, what is it? The, what type of engine it has? V6, V8, turbo, twin injection, synthetic carburetor, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter to me. You tell me a car has flashing lights that pulsate to the beat of music. I, I'm like, where do I sign? I don't care what the monthly payment is. I will make this work because in the end, I am incredibly gay. I like colored lights. It's a careless fairy thing. All right. Where are we at here? Yes. Let's talk about the tragic death here. <laughs> so this stupid kid stuck his head out of the car as the vehicle was passing underneath a ramp heading towards a concrete beam overhead. And you know, some of those parking garages, they're very cramped. There's only like a seven or eight foot clearance on that. Officers said they responded to a check on welfare call in the parking lot, which I don't think is exactly right. This is a real medical emergency slash car accident slash decapitation, not a welfare check. They arrived on the scene with EMS teams. The teenager was rushed to the hospital from the scene, but later died of his injuries. Necks don't fare well to concrete beams, even if you're only going like 10 miles an hour. He'd been in the Toyota with a 17-year-old male who was driving the sedan and a 15-year-old female passenger who both did not report any injuries. Yeah, because they didn't stick their heads out of the sunroof. Females rarely die from shit like this. I would like to see incels comment on this fact. They have a lot of negative things to say about women, but the fact of the matter is they don't do dumb shit like this as a general rule. In a press release, the Edmonton Police Service said on Thursday, September 28th at 1.45 p.m., West Branch patrol officers responded to a check on welfare call in the North Parkade at West Edmonton Mall. It was reported to police that a Toyota Camry sedan was traveling through the parkade when an adult male passenger stood up through the sunroof of the sedan as the vehicle was passing underneath a ramp, the passenger struck a concrete beam, and that's all she wrote. That mall, by the way, is the second largest shopping mall in North America. I feel like maybe uh, an ad for the Edmonton Mall is not exactly appropriate or in good taste right now. But uh, look, I just read the news story, and apparently they want you to know that this weekend is Edmonton Mall Days. Every store at least 10% off and free popcorn for the kids. You'll lose your head over these low prices. Oh, that is just in poor taste. I know malls are struggling and, you know, they're, they're trying anything they can to get business, but this is not an appropriate place. All right. No, uh, the mall is the second largest shopping mall in North America and attracts 32 million visitors per year, making it the second most visited in Canada. Just you know, be careful when you're in the parking garage. That, my friends, is your distorted news for Monday. Let's do a couple voicemails and get the hell out of here. All right. Love to hear from you, freaks. And there are many ways to contact the show. Show at distortedview.com. I'm all over social media at distortedview on Twitter and Instagram. Facebook.com slash distortedview show. Oh, I've got a couple of uh, blue sky invites again. 
So if anyone is still looking to get in on uh, that action, if you need a Blue Sky invite, just uh, email me or something, and I'll try to hook you up. Message me somehow. First come, first serve. Hey, Timmy Boo. It is Nick from Albuquerque. So I'm a bit behind on shows. I'm currently listening to your February 22nd or February 23rd show. Okay. And you uh, just featured a song called Chimp Sip, where the girl's like, I'm a chimp sip. I'm a monosexual. And yeah, I I don't know what the hell you're talking about. (laughs) Pictures were just pictures from Attack on Titan. Well, I'm a huge fan of the show, and I don't know if anybody has explained this to you yet. Okay, I got to tell you something. I was a fan of Attack on Titan up until like a couple seasons ago. I am lost. I don't know what the hell's going on. I've lost all interest in the show because like I'm watching it and I'm like, I don't, what, where, what is this taking place? Who are these people? I'm all confused. Like, is it just me or did they just like introduce a bunch of new characters for a long time? And then like, and, or they're like, a, they're really old now or something. And I, I just, I couldn't follow. I can't follow the show anymore. So I just gave up on it. Lord Douche keeps asking me, you know, when are we going to watch it and finish Attack on Titan? I'm like, yeah, you do it yourself. I don't give a shit anymore. But, okay, so Attack on I don't like complex animes. I like my shit st- stupid and simple. Why I only watch Warner Brother cartoons. I mean, obviously, it's a bunch of 15 meter mindless monsters that just eat people. That's all. Yeah, they yeah, know. I got that. Well, there are seven <laughs> people who can actually turn into titans at will and one of them happens to be the beast titan probably that giant monkey that you're yeah seeing. yeah yeah that's who she's talking about oh right, okay. just let you know uh don't get aids pervert love you timmy boo bye yeah i do remember the monkey <laughs> monkey future the, the the monkey titan and then doesn't the monkey titan have like a really like refined voice <laughs> He's like, here's what we're going to do. It just like it doesn't match. <laughs> you see the monkey titan throwing fucking rocks and shit, and you're like, he sh- should be ooing and aahing, ah, 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 like like a crazy monkey. But no, he's like, yes, here's what we're going to do. <laughs> Here is our plan of action. You know, it's like Pan Panascore or something. He has like a lower voice though. <laughs> uh, hey there, Timmy Boo. It's a uh, Corbin guy. Hey, Corbin. And, uh, hey, I, I'm calling to let you know uh, a soft white underbelly just dropped a new video. You know the guy who uh, who uh, uh, interviewed the uh, the Whitakers, the uh, Inbred yes. family. Yeah, um, he dropped a new video, uh, an interview with the man with two penises. Did we end up so, featuring uh, that I guy on might the like show? To, uh, check that out. Oh, and by the way, some uh, drunk college kid shit on my fucking doorstep, and I stepped <laughs> in it at 2 oh. o'clock this morning while I went outside for a cigarette. Yay. So like, you, like, you live near a campus or something? Oh, that's got to be awful. Yeah, when I was, uh, when I was, I guess I wasn't in college at the time, but I was living uh, near campus. I was living in one of those apartments that are like, I think they're called like garden style apartments or something, where... At least half of the apartment was kind of underground. So the window was at street level. And one night I was sleeping and I was like, oh, I didn't know it was supposed to rain tonight. And it was just, you know, it was a college student pissing on my <laughs> my window. You'd think I'd be mad, but I love falling asleep to rain. I was like, keep going, keep going. Tell your friends to piss on my window too. Do it all night long, please. Hey, Timmy Boo. You never know what's going to set me off. And you never know what I'm going to be okay with. I'm listening. Someone pissing on my window? Cool. To the <laughs> June 20th, 2023 episode, in case you don't get this much voicemail this year. Um, <laughs> and you were talking about McGruff, the crime dog, and some of his songs that he used to play. And uh, you compared some of them to popular music, but the one, the most obvious one, I'm surprised you let this slip by. 
uh, one of them is obviously the Mentos uh, uh, theme song. No. It, it, just a snort or a smoke. Yeah. It's the Mentos song. Hold on. I, I, I have to find this now. The song the caller is referencing has to be Cocaine and Crack by McGruff, which is a great song title. Oh, I see what you're saying. It is similar. Fresh Coast Battery Life with Cocaine and Crack. <laughs> Just a snort or a smoke. Yeah, yeah, it kind of does have that same rhythm to it, but it's not exactly the Isn't same. Cocaine to get high, that's what you say you love. <laughs> but it's really insane. You could die. I'll tell you th- why this can't be the Mento song, because uh, the McGruff Crime Dog cassette came out way before Mentos, right? Th- th- this uh, cassette came out in 1984 or 1986 or something. What are you thinking of? decade before Mentos really hit it big with those commercials, but uh, Goodyear, I see where you're coming from. All right, uh, that is all the time we have on this edition of the show. Want you guys to email me? Show at distortedview.com. Distortedview.com is our official website. Voicemail line for you, 206-666-4463. That's 206-666. Oh, God, it's an oh, God. We had to amputate this arm. That's a great Spread the distortion, STD. Tell all your friends about the show. Don't forget to give us a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or like wherever you can rate and review podcasts. I will see you back tomorrow if and only if you're Sideshow members. Otherwise, I'll see you back on Wednesday. Until then, have a great day, everybody. Come here and pour yourself up a chair. Let the fun begin. It's time to let down your you're excited Cause all these friends have been invited To go wacky Happy with play out This crazy rhythm Coming from Puppet Land Dirty dog who can Chicky baby on the puppet band He's got a couple of Chalk and fish And a genie who'll grant a wish Golly it's cuckoo At Pee Wee's Playhouse Goofy spinning Mr. Windows grinning Another excellent podcast from the Scribe Media Group. Learn more at scribe.net.